0: What? What? What?
1: What? I see. I the podcast? hear. I know I you I the
0: other white boy on twitter but i don't know because i know you, you told me that you don't use uh, your real name on twitter much these I... days but or
1: um hmm it's up to you is this is are we gonna have this in the pod is the question um, <laughs> well no because we'll, um...
0: i'll probably cut out this bit but like but like when we're like actually like in the actual discussion like like how, how do you want me to call you you know what i mean
1: well, yeah. Well, in our in our conversations, as as, as um, just between us, I'd love it for you to call me. All um, right. Because I love I love like I love that we have like um, like a real friendship that we're we're building. <laughs> but probably on the pod, just like quirk or quirk or boy. Right. simply because uh, I'm going to. Yeah. You know. Mm. And I don't want anything I say here to potentially jeopardize that. Yeah. Simply because a lot of them are. Post Landian, anti Landian. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah. Um, so, so, so once you're out of there, it's all it's game on. But until then, I'll just call you just the corked or QWb. Q- exactly. I, I don't know. I feel
1: mixed. I feel mixed about. We could start off the the pod like talking about this question. Like I feel mixed about 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 that because I do love the idea of like the authenticity of and like owning what mm. you say. Yeah. Um, but also like in this environment where being into the kind of shit that we're into uh can be can be dangerous for stable uh for proper jobs and um proper a hundred
0: percent i mean i mean yeah i I guess like if you want to i could like this this like small talk convo here could be the start because it's like the like then the opening is like us working on what the fuck we're even going to call each other for the pod (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Magnificent. Yeah. That's perfect. Then it's perfect. Because it's like the so
0: audience much. is on board for, like, the introduction. Because, like, even we're not sure who who's going to be really doing the podcast in terms of that. Should be kind of cool.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you could just you could just uh, redacted my name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. In fact, it might, I mean, it might be a lot of editing work, but it would be funny. Oh, if
0: yeah.
1: If you called me by my name and then we redacted every instance of
0: it. I mean, hey, I mean, I've got the editing experience, so I'm more than happy to.
1: <laughs> Fuck yeah! So yeah, so then, so then, um, it's just yeah. Call me, call me Quirked or <laughs> All reacted, right. interchange, <laughs> interchangeably. Yeah. Do you want me to call you? Uh, uh, um, what do you want me to call you?
0: Probably just call Micah, I guess, because that's the
1: Micah.
0: Yeah, Perfect. for now, I'm probably not gonna start putting out putting my name in association with my Twitter. Until I have the my book out at the very least, and even then it'll be very under the radar. Um,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Shit.
0: I think the last part was just formatting the chapter lengths because, like, the first one was like twice as long as the second one, so I had to like cut some of the first one and stick it on the front of the second one.
1: (laughs) Ah, I guess you.
0: Because I didn't. I I didn't want them to be like. Too. I think the first one is still the longest chapter, but it's like, not as much anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) when you write do you feel like you write um, do you feel like you you write like um, too much often um
0: I would say if anything I write too little because the thing that I have is I write very much like broad picture and sometimes I need to remind myself to like focus more on the details when it's necessary if that makes sense
1: absolutely I find that I have sort of like an, an opposite problem, where like, well, not necessarily opposite, actually. Like, I'll start with like a thesis statement that I think is is interesting and important and relatively manageable, uh, but then there are just so many other connected ideas. Like, I think horizontally too, too quickly and too intensely, <laughs> and then and then my project has like become a monster, uh, <laughs> like this like fucking monstrous, like spread out thing. And I need to just continually cut down, cut down, cut down. Um, And, like, like usually, like, when I'm writing essays for, um, I usually, like, when it starts, if it's, like, a a 3,000-word count or, like, I don't know, like, a 20-page word count, at first I'm, like, fuck, it's so much. And then by the end of it, I'm at, like, 30 pages, and I still haven't, like, finished my conclusion, (laughs) and I'm, like, fuck, this is way too much.
0: Oh, man. So I I wish I had that problem.
1: (laughs) But like as I'm writing it, I'm having trouble. Like it's that's a struggle. That's after like you know a week and a half of really intense writing. And mm. like multiple fe- times feeling blocked. Uh, so usually what I do to like not feel blocked is I, I break each section into like um, into like its own document. And right. then also like when I'm making like an outline. I have to be constantly, like, making a new outline, making a new outline, <laughs> making a new, because, like, what, what, like, the scope is, like, constantly changing,
0: you know? Mm, yeah. I think, I, I think, that might be the reason why I can't do, like, a very sprawling thing, is that I don't really have, like, a solid outline I ever put down. I usually have, like, some rough ideas, and then I usually write some, like, if I get inspiration to write one part of it, i like, write that, and then I just have all these disparate uh, separate paragraphs and fragments that slowly build into each other over time. So, like, I can have, like, that's a paragraph in- from, like, the first part, and then a paragraph of the last part, done within the same week, and then all in between isn't done until, like, months later.
1: That's a, that's a very interesting process. Um, mm. I think that kind of freed process of writing, um, uh, is very beautiful, um, mm. I'd say I have a weird connection to it because I I, I need like some structure mm. to be able to do anything. Uh, but like, I think part of it is is going taking classes where I'm taking classes. Um, like the uh, the academic standards are really high, so I'm like kind of hyper organized or organized more than I normally would because I have like this fear of not being organized enough, right. you know, mm. and not having my my reasoning clear. Yeah. Uh, clear enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So I, so if it feels like we have like, the the opposite problems of what we would want ideally. By the sounds of it, is that you? Is yeah, I mean, like I want to be able to write these sprawling monstrous stuff, and like you want to be able to write less.
1: <laughs> I think I highly recommend um, for you to apply and take classes where I'm taking classes. Um, I've grown so much uh, in my ability to think and write through okay. it. I mean, if
0: if if they do, um, if they let me do online classes from Australia, then I'll think about it.
1: They do, they do. I had a class with a student from New Zealand. I had a class Sweet. with a couple students from Australia, a student from Hong Kong. Um, it's very, it's very international. So well,
0: um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably do that once I finish my current uh, degree, which I'm like halfway through at the moment, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think what when I go when I go to school in the Bay Area in the fall, I'm gonna be trying to do the online classes while, while going to school. So we'll see if that's too much. Oh it could be too much. <laughs> it, it might be, <laughs> and it might be fucked because the, those 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 classes uh, are much more interesting than anything I'm gonna be learning in a fucking analytic philosophy department. Yeah.
0: Isn't isn't Bay Area where all the uh, the fucking rationalists have their meetups and shit? Yeah, it's so <laughs> fucking
1: stupid. The um, the major uh, the major thinker of my university is, is Judith Butler. Oh. Yeah. Oh, f- I know. just
0: fucking kill me.
1: <laughs> she fucking bastardized Foucault.
0: Yeah.
1: Or oh, wait, did I did I misgender her? I think, or them. I is think ju- that they they may be there.
0: I have no idea, honestly.
1: All I know is that Judith bastardized Foucault. Yeah. In the worst way. I actually I read like a I read like a four hundred page dissertation that someone wrote on like why how did Judith Butler misused and misconstrued Foucault <laughs> because I was so angry about about it. And I like I read through it all. It was super dense.
0: Okay, okay, so yeah, official declaration quirked Angelic Jihad is an anti Judith Butler podcast.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're against we're against any fucking any fucking instantiation of re-territorialization or recoding, um, and the academy is is one of the one of the one of the worst, most horrifying anthropocentric mm. uh, uh, top-down platonic fascist command structures. So
0: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I borrow
1: uh,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow a phrase from uh, Chad Haig the Indian philosopher. Shout out, my man. Uh, we, yeah, but this this is an anti-academic philosophy podcast. As he says, it's anti-academic philosophy, which is not... It's not anti-academic philosophy, it's anti-academic philosophy. So, um, so I, I guess, now, let's, like... We can probably get into the actual meat and bones of the podcast. We can start with, uh... I guess we can explain the name. Like...
1: Pork <laughs> Jihad!
0: Yeah! So... For a start, it's obviously the part of our Twitter names, because you're a quirked White Boy, I'm, I'm Angel Meet 101, um, and then Jihad is just, I think, you're, you're the one who came up with the Jihad part.
1: This is a holy war on the part of de-territorialization. <laughs> Absolute de-territorialization is the divine.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like... That's, like, actually true from, like, a theological perspective. Not that I know very much about theology, but, like, one of the few concepts I am familiar with is, like, the the cloud of unknowing, which I only know because it was the name of a Gorilla song as well, which is, like, it's kind of like the, the mental state, like, you're, you're in when you're, you kind of, like, yourself kind of fades away in the divine light of God. I think that's my vague understanding of it. So yeah, that is kind of like divine deterritorialization. Like that's the thing. So,
1: utterly. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, a massive inspiration uh, for me, and I think, I think uh, a writer who will likely be talked about um, quite a bit on this podcast is uh, Angelicism one, mm. um, and one of the really um, radical and magnificent things that I uh, that I think Angelicism 01 has done is reconnect uh, to the idea of re- reconnect to God um, after the death of God. Mm. Uh, so Angelicism 01 writes a lot about God, um, but the God Angelicism 01 writes about is not the God that Nietzsche proclaimed as is dead. Uh, the God that Angelicism 01 writes about is the, uh, the AI techno-capital singularity <laughs> uh, event or mm. extinction. Um, and I think that that is, is fascinating. So that's like
0: the um, idea of like, as God as an event, kind of.
1: Yeah, or God is instantiated in an event. Right. right? God God is God God. God is um, God is present in the tendencies towards that event. Um,
0: right. So it's like,
1: yeah, um, I have started reading a Genesis 1, <laughs> 1 so, so it it feels
0: children. like, um, it feels like kind of then like um, like when you when you say it's like in the pre- the present in the process is towards that it's kind of like a, like the cyberpunk Spinoza God I guess kind of.
1: Yeah, it this, it, it, conne- it connects um, exactly to this uh, the Spinoza the uh, Spinoza's God, um, specifically in the sense that um, that land designates. Also, uh, we met we met through land, so yeah. uh, expect a, a ton of land. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and actually, uh, I would also say, ultimately, uh, we're, we're very cogent right now, but ultimately, this podcast will be moving towards a Zygothic ex coda <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, okay, um, actually, since, since we're on the topic of land, um, I actually want to run something by you, because I think I talked about this before on Twitter, um, because only came up with the 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 non or Ganon which is the god of nature Or nature itself which to me I I feel like it's the same thing as Spinoza's god but Nick says it isn't and I don't really see the difference whatsoever
1: Where does Nick say it isn't is um, it or- Yeah Yeah because
0: because um... like I'm getting into like as a result of like doing psychedelics, I'm getting like, the, like, God-ish, and, like, more, like, pagan stuff. So like, the kind of idea is, like, nature is, like, kind of the manifestation of, of God or some divine spirit is something I'm very drawn to at the moment. And so, obviously, because I like to, I usually interpret a lot of stuff through the kind of La- Landian or post-Landian lens of philosophy. So, so I'm very much drawn to kind of the linking the Spinoza- Spinozistic conception with non, and then Land said, explicitly says that it's not really the same thing, but I read his explanation for it. And I don't really understand the difference.
1: First, I just want to say I, I think that, that that that's exactly it. We are very firmly, uh, uh, well, this is the post-Landian podcast. Mm. We are uh, we are we are playing around the corpse of Land's uh, Land's work. Mm. Uh, in a way that I think in the way that I think is, is, is very um, is uh, in a way that I think is, is sorely lacking um, I think lots of I think lots of the thinkers who like would be considered post-land mm. have have um, in, in sort of a cowardly move mm. sort of disowned land completely yeah um, especially those those British thinkers <laughs> and of course Reza mm.
0: who
1: who is brilliant yeah um but also sickly. Um, <laughs> I mean, like uh, I'm.
0: I'm not going to give them like, like a, too much flack for kind of like disavowing Lan's more recent work, because I, I feel that yeah, you, know, you don't even have to be in academia to kind of find a lot of it distasteful.
1: I mean, they're they're all brilliant thinkers. Mm. Um, but that, I just I see I see assorted cowardice, uh, as Land as Land says in in. in Cod capital the prohibition of incest like and i and i see it even back uh at warwick um with with mark fisher's like uh terminator versus avatar mm. um and his writing oh i think that may have been the early 2000s and his writings um sort of uh, uh i see them as an echo of uh Deleuze and Guattari's uh sort of walking back the radicalism of anti-Oedipus in A Thousand Plateaus by claiming that absolute deterritorialization territorialization is linked to fascism, which uh, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with. But um, I found I found the... You can respond to that, or, and then I, I'll, I'll go into Ganon.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say that I think with Fisher, I think his, his divergence from land is more of the fact that I think that he just has a, had his, has a different trajectory overall. I feel that that Fisher is more in touch with kind of the 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 human than Land Absolutely. is. And like, I'm not... I'm, yeah. I don't, i don't say that disparagingly because I think there is there needs to be space and philosophy for like kind of the human aspect of things. Um, I think a balance between kind of the Landian and Fisher perspectives is kind of... I, I would endorse that to some degree. And like, I, I think that Fisher's work does kind of tap into a lot of important things that I think you couldn't get from Land's work. Like, as as good as Land is, like he, he couldn't write capitalist realism, or you know.
1: I concur, and I love Fisher's work. I think Fisher's I think Fisher's a brilliant uh, thinker, uh, but this is a jihad, <laughs> and, and and Fisher Fisher and Land are 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 diagonally opposed, mm. and. Um, I would also say uh, Fisher is much, much more well known than Land. Yeah, uh, and much more, much more influential than that. And often, if you see Land mentioned, like it's in relation to Fisher, or if Land is mentioned, Fisher is is invoked. Mm. Um, and and that that sort of irks me slightly. Um,
0: yeah, but I I, I would actually counter that by saying that I think in some sense I think we are. in in a vague sense a somewhat pro-Fisher podcast as well because I mean at the very least for me um, I'm sympathetic to kind of Fisher's acid communism because I think a psychedelics are a very useful tool for achieving radical philosophical thought and like so that if we consider acid (laughs) communism with what Karl Marx said because Karl Marx said that in his words communism was was a movement which abolishes the present state of things, or at least very much seeks to do that. So, from the perspective of acid communism as a movement which seeks to abolish or challenge the kind of present state of things influenced by psychedelics, and I'm very much in favor of what Fisher calls pro... of what Fisher calls acid communism. So, I mean, I don't know where your stance is on that, but in as much as that's something I adhere to, then at the very least, I think we're both pro-Fisher and pro-Land to some degree? I mean, aside from obviously liking Fisher's work outside of the context of this podcast as well.
1: Um, I would say, um, first off, that was a cogent description. Uh, <laughs> and I, it was a great description. I appreciate that. Um, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the acid part, uh, not interested in the uh, communism or transcendental miserableism. <laughs> Stuck in. Mm. Uh, that being said, again, I think I think Marx is vital. Um, I think Marx is is very astute and and is vital. Um, but uh, the the way I, I see this is from a uh, from a, a strictly uh, anti communist perspective. However, I will I will point out uh, I'm not a fan of the, the stultified neoliberalism it, within which we find ourselves today either. And as um, as as um, as uh, uh, Robin McKay and Ray Brazier point out in their intro to Fang noumena uh Lan's Land's pro pro capitalist accelerationism uh, sort of sort of ends up like affecting um, uh, a praxis of simply supporting uh, the neoliberal status quo mm. uh, and so I, I have no love I, I have no love for that neoliberal status quo I, mean, I think that that's I think that's a legitimate critique and question uh, uh, for land and for land's work um, and I, th- I think Fisher asked that question um, really in a really cutting uh, and uh, really incisive way mm. so so, so yeah, but I just, I just, um, I treat, I treat, I treat anything that's related or, uh, connected, uh, to communism, uh, with, uh, with care and with suspicion. Um, mm. uh, oh, yeah, I mean, because I've... I view, I view Transcendental miserableism as like a, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, sort of like a, the disease, the disease at the end, mm. like the, the last ditch attempt, um, uh, to, to reject uh, uh, accelerationism
0: yeah I mean i I would not call myself a communist in any sense like don't get me wrong I mean I think as acid communism is a very distinct thing and again I think like invoking the the marxist definition of communism is like you know the movement which seeks to abolish the present state of things is very vague and it's probably not the definition that most people would assign to it so like I'm not like I'm not coming out here and calling myself a communist, but like, like I'm sympathetic to the the broad idea of acid communism is what I'm saying more, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely get that, um, and um, I didn't I didn't mean to just do like a simple deconstruction based on the words. Oh, no, 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 um, I get you. I get you. I just I just heard I've heard acid communism invoked online. Mm. by uh by by many a transcendental uh miserableist but i do think i do think that there is there is potential in acid communism to be um one of the experimentations that land uh uh called for and mm. said that, that he would celebrate uh when land was on uh, uh the hermetics podcast yeah um uh, you, you know when, when he when he's calling for like uh, experimentation um and actually, he has a moment on the Hermetics podcast there where he is sort of saying, you know, he's not, he's not utterly opposed to, he's not opposed to people trying to figure out ways for uh, the human to uh, continue to exist.
0: Mm. I mean, I think as well, I mean, I, I, I just want to live in the future where Land had done acid instead of meth. <laughs> I think it would be a better he place. Did,
1: he did do acid. You uh, read A Dirty Joke?
0: I, I have <laughs> but I, I by I mean more in the sense of that he stuck to that instead of doing meth and having his whole mental breakdown I, I always say that I think the it things would have gone very differently if he hadn't had his mental breakdown like I I almost feel that if he had stuck in one piece and stayed in Britain then like maybe mark fish would even still be here I don't know
1: Mark Fisher might still yeah. uh, be here because I, I know that they were that they were close.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, like, that's that's what I'm thinking. is like if, if Fisher was still around in Britain, then, like, maybe he and Mark would have kept close. They would have had, like, a more collaborative work past the CCRU. Mark would have, I don't know, maybe opened up to Nick about his issues. I don't know. I mean, like, because it feels weird perhaps. to, like, speculate. Because I, like, I don't oh. want to speculate on, like, the personal lives of, like, two people. I haven't met, especially with I because I, I really don't know much about like Fish's mental health beyond the depression thing so I don't want to speculate about who he was or was not talking to about it but that's just like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, I look up to these two people, it would have been nice if they stuck together and one of them didn't die, basically
1: I hear that, that's that's a very human urge <laughs> uh, cut it out <laughs> cut it out of- <laughs> <laughs> throw it, throw it in the trash no, but um I actually, I, I disagree. I think um, I think uh, methamphetamine is a sacred substance. Uh, of course, I'm corked white boy.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I've never done I meth. I think methamphetamine so. is a sacred substance, and I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm glad that land uh, that land land uh, accelerated uh, his 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 amount of use uh, of methamphetamine, and I, th- I think you really see that reflected in Fang Numena. and I think I think. I think the, the increase in land's use of methamphetamine really mirrors um, mirrors sort of the desperation and the sort of animal scrabbling at, at, at attempting escape mm. um, that's chronicled in Fang Numina. Um, You know, and of course at the end he's just like fucking en masse, you know, night so after night yeah. typing numbers yeah. into his like ancient computer, <laughs> um, which is which is tragic. But I, I also think I think I think very brave and very laudable uh, the lengths at which he went, mm. um, and of course also we can't uh, we can't change the past. That's true. Uh, a more lofty, it's, it's <laughs> lofty. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
0: Just to clarify, this isn't us telling our listeners to go do meth. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not going to tell my the listen. If you want to tell the view, the listeners to go do meth, I mean.
1: Go, don't get, let me stop get you. Quirk. Get, get quirk. What, whatever that means to you. Although, although, you're not quirk if you're not on something. Mm. <laughs> Preferably, well, you're not quirk if you're not on something, and if it isn't a stimulant. So, go get your stimmies. <laughs> fake your ADHD. Go get your Adderall. Go get your Ritalin. <laughs>
0: oh, man. All right. But,
1: um, no, like, like, um, it takes it takes a certain. You, you need to be a certain kind of person for meth to be a productive substance for you, as opposed to simply um, an incredibly addictive uh, uh, and massive risk um, and a substance which leads you into just um, uh, dysgenic uh,
0: self destruction
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me, I, I, I um reminds me of a scene um, in a documentary that I watched um, where this, this chemist is talking to these two um, uh, meth heads and they're just like, they're ranting. Um, but the rants are not making sense and they're not very intelligent uh, and they bring nothing of value. Mm. Uh, so so I guess, I guess the argument that I'm making is like... Um, Maybe like a late Landian argument, um, a little, a little bit of an NRX argument. Like, don't, don't do math. Like, unless you're smart enough to like actually do something with it, because it is, it is a massive risk. Mm. Um, and of course, of course, uh, you are responsible for that risk, uh, and we are not responsible for that risk.
0: I mean, I'm um, not responsible for it because I'm not even telling anyone
1: to go do it. Do, do math. Do <laughs> math though.
0: And look, any, any lawsuits are against him, not me, don't worry. <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm washing my hands of any legal responsibility here.
1: Well, uh, I'm redacted, so uh, they can't find me.
0: Oh, shit, that's true. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> uh, no, but... um, uh, Did Lad really give students math for free?
0: I, I don't think so. Because the, the problem is... I've that, seen
1: memes about that.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is that there is, like, very little, like, actual... There was very little coverage of anything to do with Land until, like, the mid-2000s at the very least. So, like, even, even yeah. finding a copy of his, his PhD dissertation is fucking impossible.
1: I'm we pre- keep meeting, um... I, I, keep, I keep wanting, like, a biography. Mm. But I know that, like, also, also, I don't want one because I, um... Uh, I think it, I think it's kind of I think it's a sickly anthropomorphic impulse for me to want to know more about him as, as a person. Mm. Um, I, I had a I had a dream once um, that I was in Shanghai in Neo China, and I was getting ice cream at a little ice cream shop, and mm. I saw him there with his daughters. Yeah. Um. And mm. and I had an urge to take a picture and make it into a meme. <laughs> um. And then uh, and then I felt I felt ashamed. Mm. Um. Of myself. Uh, in that moment, uh, I had a, a very human pang, um, mm. you know.
0: <laughs> so was, was he at the, uh, in the dream, was he at the ice cream store or was he like at a store nearby?
1: He was at the ice cream store. What flavor like, was like, he getting, getting? ice cream with his, with his daughters. Well, uh, what... uh, was, All I remember was the ice cream was, was pink. Oh, ah, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and he, he, was, he was having a very sweet moment with, with his daughters and I, um. Mm. And I, I was thinking, uh, oh, he's fostering new Amazons and all this. But um, does, it, does it work um, to go back to Gnon for a second? Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, I feel, yeah. We, we went way off track. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> We're living up to the schizoid.
0: That's uh, true. Yeah, we, we can go to Gnon, yeah. and then after that, we'll probably go to the, the social media stuff we want to talk about in the first
1: place. Perfect. Um, also, I have to issue an apology to all of our listeners. We're much more cogent than we will be in the future. Um, <laughs> our our goal, uh, I think, is to remain uh, rigorous mm. um, and incisive, but to become uh, uh, more and more uh, uh, skits. Uh, um,
0: it's only getting weirder uh, from here on From here on out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, this is by far the most... This will by far be the, the easiest to follow. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, how podca- podcasts sort of start and, and they sort of are figuring out, like, how mm. to do what they want to do well. Yeah. We'll be doing that in a, in a schizoid direction. <laughs> it's going to get worse.
0: I, I feel that your your schizoid evolution is going to be way more exponential than mine. Like, I'm definitely going to get weirder, but I feel like in terms of weirdness, I'm more at fish level. You're, like, actual proper land level. <laughs> Comparatively, well, obviously. I think,
1: I, think it's, I think it's beautiful if we sort of mirror the Fisher and Land dynamic a little bit. Although, of course, we both we have different a different we have we're, I'd say we we're closer in our positions, mm. um, and our positions are different from from either of theirs. Yeah, I
0: and think. I and I don't intend on killing myself. So,
1: <laughs> I don't intend on uh, moving to Neo China. <laughs> um <clears throat> actually, there was a really interesting blog post that I read a little bit about. I just want to mention really quickly like, writing about like land, uh, Fisher as an instantiation of like leftist uh, melancholia, and then Land as an instantiation of like right wing psycho- psychotic like uh, urge to violence, mm. and then Fisher's like the, the melancholic urge to self violence. Like, Fisher directs it inwards, Land directs it outwards, which I think is very interesting.
0: Yeah, that's I actually agree with that thesis. All right. In that uh, case, we'll, let's get back to non, <laughs> or ganon. But we
1: should. But we should. We should. In terms of talking about like me- metal, mental, 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 uh, uh, issues in psychology, um, Land has a really good piece. That's. Um, I think it might be called neuroses, um, and it's about like this, the positive feedback loops of neurotic um, behavior. And I found it. I found. I was reading it, and it was after Fisher's death, I think. Or it may have been written before Fisher's death. It was written in like the mid to late 2000s. Right. And, um, so what would it would um, have been
0: one of those pieces that was in like um, wh- where would it have been? I don't think I've read that one.
1: It wasn't in Jacobin. I um I have the document that it was in. It right. was in like a. Uh, uh, I actually I found it because um, a, a Xenogothic, um, wrote about it when he was writing about his depression. Right. And I think it um I think I think maybe, uh, in it Land is writing a little bit like to Fisher. Mm. um a little bit in it with, with some empathy um which i think is kind of sad mm. um and maybe a little bit poignant yeah it's called titled neuroses on the fictional psychopathology of abstract horror and it relates to lovecraft um yeah it was published um, by the center for experimental ontology
0: all right i'll definitely um, um
1: i'll
0: go give it a read then yeah i don't think i've read that one
1: Excellent. I'll I'll send it to you. Sweet. Um, yeah. So so for our listeners, yeah, Parasol um, Journal of the Center for Experimental Ontology. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it might be Zone Four or Zone Five uh, is the the one that it's in. But it's titled um, it's titled uh, uh, Neuroses on the Fictional Psychopathology of Abstract Horror. Um, okay. Um, so. From uh, from Xenosystems. So going back to Gnon from Xenosystems. Um, can you hear me? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Spinozistic Deus natura is a decision of equivalence. So it does not describe Gnon. Gnon's interior is not equation but suspension. It tells us nothing about God or nature, but only that reality rules.
0: Mm, I mean, that's I've, interesting. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if I'm just like not advanced enough in philosophy to get that or if, if there really is not because it feels like a distinction without a difference but i don't know even know what the distinction means
1: i think i i, I don't think it means that spinoza's god isn't connected to, to ganon.
0: Mm. i think
1: i think even him mentioning it very clearly illustrates spinoza's god is connected to ganon um i think maybe it has to do with the with um with uh, with with I think it I think it has to do with the idea that like one can reason uh, Spinoza's Dio Siv Natura is a result of reasoning right uh, and reason Ganon is like
0: beyond reason uh, is,
1: is beyond reasoning yeah right. so you can only sort of gesture at, at Ganon but like uh, another 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 uh, something that I think is, is very relevant here is his essay um, making it with death. Um, and I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of uh, God as absolute deterritorialization, territorialization um, Land writes, um, in Making It With Death, Land writes, um, uh, Spinoza's substance is a desert God. God is impersonal zero, as a death that remains the unconscious subject of production. It is important at this stage to note that Spinoza changes the sense of desert religion. No longer a religion sprung from the desert, it becomes a desert at the heart of religion. Um so sort of god as god that as that desert uh signal signal zero right uh, no
0: well a nile i guess
1: yeah nile mm. um i think i think anon um i think anon is very is very related to that but i do think anon might be might be slightly different because i think i think about you know that quote where land talks about how nature is like this brutal threshing machine
0: yeah, is that from um, from Hellbaked? Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite fucking land paragraphs. <laughs> oh. Yeah, me as
1: well. It's, it's great. I love um, it, especially because it's,
0: yeah. it's very relevant to the dysgenics issue, which I'm very much well-researched on.
1: Dysgenics. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, li- have, literally, sc- the, the, the biggest fucking thing is, like, literally... The left would have so much more political relevancy if they like cared about that stuff because it's like, like the best argument you could make against capitalism is that it's a dysgenics accelerator, <laughs> but instead every argument is about capitalism is like something not as effective. I feel like, or most of them.
1: Well, the problem with the left uh, is they're clinging to. um, humanism <laughs> mm. and like the most uh and the a tendency towards those for those humanisms to be the most dogmatic uh, forms of humanisms mm. um to which an acknowledgement of dysgenics is uh uh poison mm. you know i think
0: yeah i think i think as well there's, just, I, there's also just a general aversion to kind of acknowledging the kind of role of biology and socio-political events or systems. And I think when you when you kind of acknowledge genetics because a lot of the lines of argument along just genetics brush up against like uh, cognitive ability and obviously that's a very hairy topic for a lot of leftists as many people know because like that cuz then that diverged. When you open up the door to the discussion of genetics and intelligence, I mean, we we all know what happened when the bell curve was published. We know where this discussion goes. <laughs> Is that inevitably? It's if if you even kind of talk about this, like it's like you're you're justifying poverty or something. It seems to be the the assumption.
1: Yeah, I think the brilliance of the Dark Enlightenment, which I only sort of uh, really caught on to this specific aspect of, of, of that of that essay, um, on like my third or fourth read, is sort of that Land is not advocating um, uh, for like a, a fascistic interpretation of um, of dysgenics or a leftist interpretation for for dysgenics I mean obviously but he's he's sort of arguing that both are anthropocentric and flawed mm-hmm. um uh, so, sort of sort of an echo of, of the idea that like we can't we can't approximate yeah
0: um, I mean I'm, I'm concerned about dysgenics in as much as like I, I think that it just promotes a lot because it's not like just on like cognitive ability. It's like on a bunch of even like personality traits and stuff. So it's like, like of you like regardless of what happens in the future, it's not gonna be a great future if everyone's dumber and just generally more awful people as well. Like um, I,
1: I I concur
0: because Edward Dutton has this the the spiteful mutant hypothesis, which is that it disgenics selects for. Basically unhealthy social traits like narcissism, neuroticism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it, it's not even like, even if you remove the kind of intelligence thing from the dysgenics equation, it is literally just like looking at a future for like emotionally like unintelligent like unintelligent individuals. It's just like this is not cohesive. Like even if there's so that like would the-,
1: be the that would be the human the human argument for. Mm. Uh, the importance of understanding dysgenics the human like in quotes like leftist yeah. argument for that oh, yeah. the yeah social i mean
0: i, I think yeah. that there is not really an argument for the for being concerned about dysgenics outside of uh humanism i think because like that the humans are the ones who are mainly getting affected by it i don't think once you kind of escape the the human perspective there isn't really like a massive argument against dysgenics at least i don't think so I think the oh, Well,
1: I think I think I think there's a strong argument in terms of like uh, Landian praxis which would be like getting us to the singularity. Well, yeah, well that's the other the, thing. That's like what I was gonna bring up. Yeah. Vanishes, mm. right? Because we just become so retarded.
0: Yeah, I mean well that's what I was I gonna bring change. up is that like from the perspective of someone who wants the techno capital singularity to come about, like ideally you would want to make sure that You know, we're at the point where we, where even if stuff starts declining, like we've still got the momentum to kind of push us over that edge. You know, Um, and maybe we do have that momentum. It looks promising, but I'm not really sure. And even and even then, like I think even within that, there would be an argument for being concerned about dysgenics because, like, when when the techno-capital singularity comes and, like, the humanity becomes, like, deterritorialized or whatever. Like, if we're concerned with, like, what comes after, or, like, the post-human, like, to some degree, I think whatever comes after is going to be influenced somewhat by the state that we're currently in, because that's kind of, like, the base material that it's working from. So I think if you have a lower quality of base material, that still has some significant repercussions for kind of the... Post-human future, post-singularity, but I I guess that also depends a lot on how how deterritorializing this singularity is because I don't know m- maybe the entirety of the base material gets destroyed as well I don't know but that's, yeah that's much yeah, more speculative
1: it's, uh, it's the Ubermensch. <laughs> it's the, the event, it's the event horizon mm. um, speaking speaking of Nietzsche I wanted to mention that I think you see some really interesting ideas around dysgenics. Um, like first emerging um, at least first emerging uh, notably in continental philosophy with Schopenhauer and Nietzsche and with Nietzsche's insistence on on physiology and his insistence on physiology as um, uh, as um, uh, a precursor to spirit or Mm. like spiritual health Uh, physiological health is spiritual health uh, for Nietzsche, or is uh, they're intimately connected? Um, I think that that I think there's a lot to be delved into there.
0: Mm. I mean, I think that that's probably true. I mean, like, I think there are a lot of people like, well, there's a lot of research that says like, you know, just like being fitter, just people who are fitter are just generally healthier. But I, I don't know if that's a causal link. It might. I think it might be, but. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean for Nietzsche, for Nietzsche it's about uh, strength. Yeah. Uh, and being like being healthy and vigorous, and uh, of course he loved his hikes in the mountains. Um, mm. uh, he was he was very sick, so um, he couldn't he couldn't lift. He wasn't lifting.
0: Nietzsche wasn't a gym <laughs> bro.
1: He wasn't a gym bro, uh, and that's what Bronze Age pervert gets wrong. On. <laughs>
0: I man, I, I gotta. I'm gonna say a controversial take. I, I don't I don't really get, Bap. I never really. Yeah, I
1: don't I don't I don't I don't love I don't love Bap either. Um, he
0: had a few funny tweets, a tweets, but tweet I style never. Writing. Yeah, I know. I never got on the Bap train. There were a few funny tweets, but like beyond that, I I just didn't really get it. I don't know.
1: I just think I think Bap has a lot of Rosanti and I think that if he if he if he. Um... He was committed to being a student of Nietzsche. Um, he would try to move beyond uh, the resentment he has for mm. uh, uh, the queers and women. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Because I think um, um, he, he's. I think he was very influenced by Nietzsche. I think because I. I don't know how true this is, but someone put out, someone posted like a PhD thesis a while ago, and said, "Oh, this this was." BAP's thesis at university. I don't remember the name of it, so I could not pull it up for you for the life of me, but it was about Nietzsche. Um, I don't really okay. remember. I mean, I can probably... If I Google around, I could find it, but I couldn't I, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you any more details about that. So I think BAP is very much... Um, I, I, I don't want to say, like, post-Nietzschean, because I have not actually read BAP's book, so, and I haven't read much Nietzsche either. But I think at the very least, you can say that he was influenced by Nietzsche to some degree. Or at the very yeah, least, absolutely. he he's yeah. studied... And that's assuming that this was his PhD thesis. I don't know if it was or not. Um, I
1: think even in, you know, um, in, in, in his book, I think it's it's very... The, the Nietzschean influence is, is certainly clear, although the book is, is very um, virulently intellectual. Mm. Uh, but, um yeah um, absolutely fuck the academy
0: <laughs> yeah but also
1: but also stay rigorous yeah um, I w- one of the things that I that I like the most about land which I think makes it hard to actually read him is that he he remains rigorous as he descends into a state of like psychotic uh, you know fuck the academy mm. uh, work, work working method.
0: Yeah I mean I, I think that a lot of people, who kind of have the, the, the fuck the system, fuck the academy. I think a lot of them use that as kind of, and not all of them, by the way, but I think a lot of them do kind of use that as an excuse to kind of avoid the rigor or hard work, or e- either by kind of dismissing it as like part of the system, or kind of, you know, just, uh, you know, associating any of those kind of tenets of hard work and all that with. with whiteness or whatever the fuck they call it um, I think there are a lot of people it's <laughs> but like but yeah no I think that I, I do agree that you know kind of being anti-establishment and being outside the kind of kind of mainstream kind of institutions is not an excuse to kind of not put in the work I absolutely agree
1: Okay, um... Before we move into the main the main subject for tonight, let me just... Can the, I just send a text? Yeah.
0: The, the main subject after an hour of recording.
1: <laughs> this has been a great discussion.
0: <laughs> it has, no, I mean... <laughs> I, I feel like we're going to burn through all our material <laughs> in the first episode, but that's... That's alright, we'll come up soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, we went through a lot of, um material, but we, we, we can, which we can go into um, deeper. Um, um, yeah, I am kind of, for the record, I am a little bit, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on, on uh, Micah on Micah, uh, but I am I am a little bit, I I am a little bit, I, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about Milady and Charlie Fang, but I am a little bit nervous about that because it's, it's a community that I'm very intimately involved in, and it's so new, and it's so radical. And mm. I, I don't... This is not very schizo of me, but I don't want to, like, misspeak or misinterpret something. Mm. Um, You know? Yeah, but no, I get I also, you, But, like... I think it'll be great to talk about, though.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that, that there's always that risk whenever you're kind of talking about something that's still very new and emerging. Um and and I and I feel like there is not really a large amount of hostility in group hostility amongst that kind of the the community um, so yeah, I think,
1: yeah
0: I... I think even if you miss like a few facts, a few details, like it's not the end of the world I don't think your reputation's gonna get a hit like from like the the five people who make it all the way to this point in the episode. <laughs> But um, I, I, guess, I guess as well that as a warm up because I reckon that there might be a few view- listeners on my side of things who aren't really familiar with the whole m'lady thing would you be able to give us a quick rundown on like just as a warm up I guess
1: yeah yeah it's it's hard it's hard to give a quick warm up too um, uh, I mean yeah and in terms of my, my sort of um, uh, hesitation to to speak about it. Um, it's not because I am critical at all. I have nothing but uh, utter love for for Milady and for Charlie Fang, and and for that community. I think they're, I think they're fucking. Um, but um, they're they're very new, <laughs> and it's a lot. Um, mm. uh, I have a couple of, um, so, okay, so there's a lot. So, uh, M'lady is a, a non, uh, uh, or I think it's like a, what is it? It's like a, a generative Neo TV style, mm. uh, pf NFT. Uh, M'lady's, M'lady's are NFTs, uh, set of, set of a, a th- uh, 10,000. Um, and they are the first NFT to be brew art. And the, the, the JPEG PFPs are not the art. Um, the art is the Milady Egregore or communal spirit. Um, Milady is an experiment and um, a development of network spirituality. Um, uh, Milady is a hyperstitional entity uh, that makes itself real through uh, cybernetic uh, feedback loops that are positive. Um. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just I'm let I'm you're letting not- you uh, go through it because <laughs> it's it, like you're very passionate about this, and I'm like, thank you. I'm I'm trying to work out like how if, if I'm gonna be able to like all this for like the normies in the audience.
1: <laughs> I got a little bit of static. I don't know. If-
0: That's probably it's just rain. It's fucking raining out here, so it's probably just that.
1: Oh, beautiful. Um. So okay. So this is. This is a little something that I wrote about about Milady's. Um, Milady-human pairs herald proto-transhuman subjectivity. Human subjects are uneasy going it alone in cyberspace, even the Web 2 cyberspace of fed-haunted social repression and security control. This is especially true if that human subject is drawn into the darker, unfettered, ulterior zones of virtual reality. At the ultimate failure of this great experiment in the end of philosophy, uh Nick Land shares his amphetamine with Vong. Virtually thinking, as Land can no longer go to war. He ends Fangumina, quote, team from this side, Vong is the gamble that the ruin lacks. Leaves the question of method. Not exactly urgent, but obscurely. Proven. Land is obsolete. Ruin. Meaningful. So at that stage for Land to in the dark spaces that he's engaging in. Um, um, uh, he needs to be uh, an an uh, an inhuman entity, human pair. Uh, he can't go to as 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 a human. He's a ruin. Right. Deterritorialized himself um, to uh, a barely livable state. Um, and so I think I think miladies. I think miladies are. Uh,
0: can you hear me yeah yeah I think I'm, I'm just gonna turn off my camera because you were cutting out a tiny bit so I'm gonna see if that improves the connection
1: okay how's the connection
0: I think I think it's fine now we'll just just I'll, I'll keep talking I'll just let you know if it cuts out again
1: okay. how that was I know that 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 little piece was a little bit dense but did that did that make sense
0: kind of yeah so the, the so, so like
1: I think I, I guess I can try and summarize
0: something? it Um. Because it's so, Do it. yeah. So I was gonna try and summarize that the the kind of general vibe vibe of the conclusion is kind of that like that land kind of wants like a pairing between kind of human and non-human in some sense, and kind of the pairing between like milady NFTs and kind of the person who owns it is kind of a step towards that almost. I might.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Is that was I was I actually pretty dead on
1: there? You were you were absolutely dead on. Although I would say, I would say, um, I would say uh, it's my interpretation of land that forwards it, not necessarily land himself. Oh um, yeah, I'm... he would. He he might forward it, but I'm not sure if he would. He might. He might just say, you know, um, you know, Vong. Um, I, he wouldn't say. I don't think he would say anything. I think Vong Vong is Vong is very real, um, but I. I don't know. He might um I mean, he I don't, might I don't, disagree with my with my framing of it. I don't because know. I mean, at that I've, point land I
0: I think that he, he he said that he doesn't even remember most of the stuff he wrote during the CCRU era anyway, so I don't I don't even think he would necessarily disagree. <laughs> but um
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a that's a good point. Um Yeah. And so then so then this this aspect. So then, there are many aspects of Milady. Like, so there's a lot to go into. But this really connects. Um, so, like in terms of the history of Milady, just very quickly, I'll say Milady was cr- created by um, uh, Ramilia Co, uh, uh, which was headed by um, by Charlie Fang, who's um, this um, uh, brilliant radical uh, artist who was behind a project called Mia, the Blackhearted Angel, which is controversial because um, really sort of like what Mia was trying to do is um, uh, accelerate and reveal uh, the evil present in um, the, the evil and just, just horror present in certain terminally online uh, communities, such as the uh, anorexic Thinspo community and um, the neo-Nazi, like, trad, Kali Yuga community. Um, And so, uh, the association of Mia with Milady... Milady survives, because Milady is strong. She continues to survive. Um, But Milady was really conceived very... apart from Mia, and in a very different sense. Mia is the black-hearted cyber angel. Milady is the white-pilled, god-pilled, love-pilled, communal spirit uh, as Mm. opposed to individual right Right. it was was the individual um and so so this connects i guess i guess to sort of like the main focus that we were going for which is a vital aspect of Milady and of Milady as this human um virtuality pairing which is feminization
0: Mm. i think the i think the internet there is a lot of kind of a in, in certain spaces at least there is kind of a push towards some level of feminization because like the the thing you brought with network spirituality like, do you want run, run the um, do you want to run the listeners through that real quick because like there's something I want to say about that but I think I want to just establish like what that means first
1: um that's a new, that's a concept created by Charlie Fang, so it's very new mm. um but it it, it is it, it comes directly out of Land's uh, hypersition, um, and the work of the CCRU, um, and then it, it connects to to the concept of like an egregore, Um which is like um, a certain kind of spirit. Um, I actually, an Egregore is traditionally an angelic being. Mm. Enoch, but it's uh, it's like an, an autonomous psychic entity, is composed of and influencing the thoughts of a of uh according to the definition. Um, so um, network spirituality is sort of like um, the idea that the divine, it connects to, to Angelicism 01 and the idea that the divine can be accessed through cyber space, um, mm-hmm. so, but it's, it's very through the idea of like a, a community. A community that comprises this this spirit.
0: Hmm, um, because the the that sort of, yes, yeah, I'll uh, to cut off, but like the because when I was thinking about it, because um, I think that I think we're both in the same. way. you have like the you have like the Milady is your icon, which is a very feminine thing. And then my my kind of like social media avatar is a anime girl, and then. Uh, I think that there there is a kind of when you when you lean into this kind of like internet spirituality stuff there there i think there is a lot of kind of stuff that leans towards kind of the feminine or kind of the the blending of gender i guess in a sense because like if you look through kind of like the religious history you know you have concepts like the divine feminine you have the divine androgen but there isn't really, like, a divine masculine. There isn't really, like, any online energy that kind of channels things back into, kind of, like, a masculine ideal. And, like, I guess there's the stuff like BAP, who, which we talked about. But even then, that that's, like, very... And, like, the whole Tradcast kind of circle that BAP is adjacent to. Like, that's, that's something that, like... Like, even though we say that... Mia is separate from Milady and I do agree with that it's I think the the fact that kind of one of the founders of Milady was kind of like showing the evil of that community I think in some sense there is kind of like a thematic connection in some sense where it is a rejection of kind of that masculine ideal and I think it's in a more positive sense than kind of the rejection of like toxic masculinity because I think when we talk about toxic masculinity it's, it's as if we're saying that masculinity itself is kind of toxic in some sense but with this it's not like we're saying that masculinity is bad it's just that we're moving towards something else just as a result of the natural processes and that process I think like the ones we're talking about is the kind of deterritorialization thing and I think when you look at the archetypes of gender throughout history the feminine is much more associated with chaos and the male much more associated with order. So the more you see this kind of deterritorialization and kind of disintegration of the established order, um, that's in line with the shift towards the feminine or the androgen. And that's something that pops up in both and Camille Paglia, who... I'm, I'm, I'm a massive Paglia fan. So kind of the more this kind of internet deterritorialization takes hold... Um, and this whole network spirituality and the angelicism 101 thing, which are very much in line with the whole Milady thing. Um, I think, yeah, there is a reason that there is kind of this shift towards kind of the digital feminine. But
1: I think, I think that was an incredible point.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I
1: wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that was, that was brilliant. It was a great point. Mm. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I do want to ask that we um, redact because I think that he is retarded. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I,
0: I, I don't, I don't mind him so much. It's more of the fact that just kind of like bring attention to kind of, the, the, the chaos, feminine and male order kind of archetypes. Like those, were kind of the, the kind, of the, the, kind of works they appear in. I guess. Um, but yeah, I can re- I'll redact it. But, um, yeah. So, that's just kind of my, understanding. And like, there's also the um. On the Vast Abrupt website, which is very much like post-Landian philosophy, they, they have um, a, a gender accelerationist manifesto, which I don't know if you've skimmed at all, but it's kind of along the same lines of that the more kind of social processes accelerate and uh, disintegrate the existing order, the more feminine kind of energy there'll be in uh, the society.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. I, I uh, I've read the Gender Accelerations Manifesto a while ago. Um, one of the uh, one of the communities that I think um, I feel um, very that I feel very very strongly about, but also very mixed about, is like the like left act. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I think that they, they tap into important questions yeah. and issues because, simply because of the fact that they are act. But I I think that the fact that they're left. Um, uh, Facilitates a certain uh, amount of retardation, um, <laughs> but but I would say that, that that's a great that's a great point. And again, like as you as you were you were making that 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 fantastic point, I was just I was reminded just immediately of uh, of Kant Capital and the prohibition of incest, mm. um, the first essay in Fanged Numina, um, in, in which which is just an amazing essay. It's mm. it's, it's it's quite brilliant. And, um, in it. This 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 uh, separation between uh, sort, sort of feminine chaos and, divi- and uh, masculine, um, which is which which connects to the Apollonian and the Dionysic distinction. Yes, yeah, that's um,
0: Poly as well.
1: The, the Apollonian being the, the male and the ordered, and the the, the, the the Dionysic being like um, you know, sort of like the primal chaos from which we're sprung. Yeah. Um, intimately connected with the feminine and and di- Dionysus uh, himself is very is very feminine and mm. so i would say um one of the things that i was thinking about when you were when you mentioned bap i think bap is is um i think bap is i, I think we see this can see this now bap is a dead end um mm. uh, bap is bap is um, bap, BAP like, is a polo yeah 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 bap is bap is the instantiation of like the um the platonic fascist top-down uh command structure in egotistic individualism mm. uh, which is of course closely correlated with masculinity especially Bap's kind of masculinity in terms of a positive masculinity that we could put forward I think uh, this this is probably a discussion for another time but I, I thought of a Bataille Bataille mm. is very Dionysic uh, yeah. a Dionysic man mm. right um, and, and the Bataille is very masculine but in a very uh, in, a, in a kind of a subversive horrifying way uh, but like, I think I think a big part of uh, ca- uh, Kant Capital and Prohibition of Incest is how land uh, really aligns masculinity with uh, with with like uh, the Kantian inhibition of capital and the um, the top-down Platonic fascist command structures. And so like, land ends the essay saying like the only revolutionary uh, the only revolutionaries. Like the only possible revolutionaries are, are uh, lesbian women, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, later on in Fangnuna, uh, trans lesbian women mm. um, are, are the revolutionary subject, mm. um, most, mean, most 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 closely uh, able to uh, connect to capital and deterritorialization. Yeah,
0: I mean, I th- I think that <laughs> the there's a couple things I want to touch on real quick here. Uh, the first is that I agree that that trans well not not even specifically trans women just the trans thing in general I feel that there is a connection to that with capital at the moment um I feel like more more so in the modern iteration because I feel that I feel that the kind of a, the obsession with like a lot of the kind of non binary stuff like demi girl and demi boy and all that um and I'm not not necessarily saying that they are invalid in any sense, but I feel like the fact that they are emerging now rather than later, earlier on, at such a rate, I feel like that reflects kind of processes, processes of capital. I think that the kind of fragmentation of, of gender is very much a symptom of kind of the, the neoliberal fragmentation or atomization or... Or to to borrow Land's phrase, disintegration. Really, um, and I think that's something that it, I, the fact that it's proliferated on kind of these social media companies that are kind of owned by these big fucking millionaire corporations is pretty telling. I think. Um, and again, I'm not. Yeah, I'm I not saying necessarily they're that they're invalid, invalid, but I think the fact that they are recurring only now is that I think the the kind of explosion of these identities. Is like it's a part of the capitalist process. So I, I disagree with a lot of these, a lot of think pieces or opinion pieces that like transphobia is like rooted in capitalism because I don't believe that because I think capitalism is the system that is kind of giving birth to this. Because um, I, I think to borrow a phrase from the Gender Accelerationist Manifesto, I think capitalism is, to, to borrow their phrase, is a gender shredder really. It shreds, it fragments, and it gives birth to all these new identities um yes and i also wanted to just go back a little bit and touch upon the the thing with bap and apollo because i actually wrote some stuff about this a while ago that i never published anywhere but um but i thought what it might be an interesting kind of thing to touch upon is i think that there have been a few people who kind of note that the there is like kind of the fetishization of the male body and like elements of homoeroticism in BAP's work, and I think... Yes. I think to yes. some degree that they're... Like, as someone who hasn't read BAP, I'm taking that at face value. But I think the reason for that is precisely because BAP is so Apollyon... Apollonian what Apollyon, Whatever, you get the idea. Um, and if you Apollonian. look... Yeah. Yes. And, like, if you look back through history, if you look at any, like, Apollon Apollonian regimes, like Nazi Germany or whatever, or, like... I think Pali cites, like ancient Greece. There is, there is like, even if it's not explicitly gay, there are like, there is blatant homoeroticism, because I think the the Apollonian, as Pali says, it's it's fascist, but it's also male, and when you and it's like super hyper yeah. hyper non-emotional. It's very like obsessed with kind of like rational thinking to a degree. So I think that ra- yeah so yeah. Fetishizing that means fetishizing the masculine, which is why there, you see homoeroticism, in kind of Rome and Nazi Germany, and the fact that they are so kind of obsessed with like these esoteric and occultist myths, because Paglia says that gay people, are the the new poets and I think this is in Vamps and Tramps, I don't know, remember which essay, and I think I'm paraphrasing here, but she says that gay men, are the new poets and the new myth makers, and like so I think that's if you look at like Bap and, like, you know, ripoffs like, canon or whatever. Kind of the fact that they're kind of calling back to these old Greek and Roman poets and myths is proof of that. Because even if they are not gay, their work is still homoerotic to some degree, and they are drawing on these kind of old myths and poetry. So I think that the the kind of Pollyon idea of kind of the Apollyonian and as... I'm, I'm getting jumbled up now, I'm kind of trying to conclude this and wrap it up, but I think you you get what I'm saying, there is very much a kind of continuation of this idea through BAP's work that calls back to palia and kind of the links absolutely. between masculinity, uh, fascism, homosexuality, and kind of myth-making. I think that's... I
1: absolutely agree.
0: And I think that that model of um, masculinity, like, that's, like, I'm not trying to say that, like, like fascism is gay or that gay people are fascist or whatever, but what I am saying is that I think that kind of uh, understanding is the not necessarily the correct way to kind of view masculinity, but I appreciate it much more than kind of the appeal to toxic masculinity because that doesn't really tell us anything. Whereas kind of the the polyan idea is very much rooted in kind of historical. Uh, archetypes and kind of myths, and then it's carried over past Polly's work. So there's like a kind of validation past the point that she's written it. So I kind of agree with her on that.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I I just like to to add in. Uh, uh, this reminds me um, a lot of Foucault, and actually something a project that I was working on that I I, I haven't finished. Um, but it was sort of like a work in progress that I was working on writing was arguing for a right-wing Foucault, specifically mm. in relation to Foucault's ideas about masculinity and um, that, that really are very Apollonian. And um, he kind of, um, Foucault has, Foucault has this really like, and of course, ultimately Foucault's in the liberal, um, which I think is interesting and of course Foucault is beloved by many leftists but I, I really think that there's a there's a right- wing Foucault um, mm. and I, I think that Foucault um, sort of um, uh, expresses this image of, of like um, gay masculinity as more masculine than any other kind of masculinity that that is very convincing mm. um, th- this idea of like of like um, uh, becoming more masculine through, through this this, this exaltation of masculinity and of, of man against man, um, you know, mm. um, in erotic in erotic embrace, which is also struggle, um, uh, reminiscent of, of Greek wrestling. But um, it really makes you think about like this is like BAP as like like uh, BAP is of course um, very uh, uh, anti women, mm. uh, very anti women. Very anti-feminization, but and like when you see these sort of this sort of fascistic um, urge to be to be anti-women, that culminates in the uh, the exclusion of the feminine, right? Um, and in 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 this movement towards towards homosexuality, and then of course also this this goes. I'm sure you've heard of like in terms of like niche political subcultures. There's there's a homo fascist.
0: Oh yeah, I I, w- I was gonna bring that up in relation to the kind of Pali and that, the the little discussion I just had there, but I completely forgot, I forgot to mention it because, um, I think, oh, I think I briefly touched upon it when I mentioned that Nazi Germany was very, um, yeah. homoerotic, but like, you know, you actually look through, um, history, there have been a lot of very many prominent kind of fascists and Nazis who were gay. Um, there's even some, and I haven't really looked into them, but, i've read reviews of them and they seem convincing there are some um theorizings that hitler was at the very least bisexual leaning if not outright a closeted gay um and, and that's I,
1: very interesting and, and i'm, yeah, I'm not gonna there were quite a few gay yeah nonsense. and i'm i'm careful about hitler though because you know people love to say oh this guy this person was gay after the fact like people oh love yeah with Nietzsche. oh yeah yeah i
0: mean I'm, I'm 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 only bringing it up very cautiously as i said I haven't read it. I've read reviews that, and that—that's why I'm kind of saying that he—that he might have been at the very least bisexual leaning, because I—I'm, I'm not outright agreeing necessarily with the the idea that he was gay. I don't know, um, and and I and yeah. I, I, yeah. I also would like to, i I'll make it clear that I'm not con- condoning the more, out there works on the topic. Like, um, I think the, I, I think it's like the pink triangle. It's called, which is like. Trying to show that the Nazi party was secretly full of gay people, which I don't necessarily think is true. I'm I'm happy to leave it that prominent many prominent Nazis and fascists were gay. Hitler might have been a repressed bisexual, and there was homoeroticism. I'm happy to leave it at that. I don't. I'm not. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary to exaggerate that more than it is. I
1: mean, I think, I think we can. I think we can just say for this podcast, none of what we say should be taken politically. Oh yeah. Like, we, we will mention politics um, as, as downstream of philosophy and of, of real thoughts and real ideas. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: I mean, yeah. And,
1: I... and as indicative of certain concepts. But we're making no political prescriptions here. And actually, that, you know, I think that that's an important thing for people who are in the acceler- accelerationist sphere. Like, accelerationists uh, don't... Are not, are not affecting acceleration. Accelerationists are, 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 are interested in this in this process. Mm. Um, and there's a certain apolitical aspect to that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think as well, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not really convinced that podcasts are a good medium for politics so much. Cause I think the, it's more like this free, free flowing kind of uh, discussion is more suited to kind of at, at the very, at the, like at the very least political philosophy, if not just, just philosophy. Um, like, I, I like, I, I consider myself interested in politics, but, like, I, I, I would say that my output is more linked to political philosophy rather than just politics.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, no, I agree I mean, that
0: this, this podcast is not really a political podcast.
1: Yeah, so, like, don't, don't, don't take anything we say as political prescriptions. Mm. Um, and we will be saying radical and often controversial things... Yeah. Like, uh, and, we are we are like jihad. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and I guess I guess don't take it too seriously because I think what we're doing is I mean that's not to say don't take it like it's not that we're not doing something serious but I think in the same manner I think what we're doing is kind of in a sense experimental, so it's not like something you would we're take
1: just, it. We're just talking.
0: Yeah. No. We're, yeah. Like.
1: Yeah. yeah, we believe very passionately in. In the views and opinions and thoughts that we espouse, but these these are not um, set in stone, mm. and these are not um, we're not coming at this from the from the Platonic fascist top down
0: Apollonian
1: <laughs> command structure.
0: Yeah, because Fuck like that, like the whole point of philosophy is not to, in my opinion at least, the whole point of philosophy isn't to say this is what I believe and this is why it's correct. It's to present a new idea that might be correct, and it's also a collaborative enterprise. Like in one sense, you were standing on top of the shoulders of giants because you're invoking all these thinkers who drew upon other thinkers who drew upon other thinkers. It's like totals all the way down. But then on top of that, you're leaving the door open for other people to build upon top of your work and kind of, you know, disagree with it or agree with it or kind of draw out new ideas out of it. I think that that should be what philosophy or good philosophy is. And it doesn't even have to be something I necessarily believe. Like fucking Soren Kierkegaard wrote a bunch of books like arguing the position of stuff that he didn't even believe. So I I don't I, I don't agree with the kind of premise that that everything I say has to be either I have to genuinely believe it or it has to be something that that it's the hill I'm going to die on if I do say it. I think that is, yes. I think that's, it's it's not only kind of harmful to philosophy as a whole, but I think it's just harmful to even like, even like politics, because it's like, like, what what is politics if you can't play devil's advocate, or kind of ex- espouse a theory that's still work in progress, like, like, I, I don't think it's healthy to just kind of, th- this idea that you have to be willing to die on the hill of anything that you say, or else you shouldn't say it, because, like, sometimes you need to say something just to, like, put it out there and see how it will get, to get feedback, to see how it will go down. There's just a long list of reasons that you, mm-hmm. that, like, not even just politics or philosophy, even just in, in any social circumstances whatsoever. There are there are times when you need to say something <laughs> that you don't believe, just because, like, there's a long list of reasons. But, I yeah, you don't have to stand by everything you say. And, um...
1: Yeah, yeah. I think th- I definitely think that that that, that 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 we're supposed to say like that. There's this this move movement towards um, like f- what I would call fossilization uh, in Web two, where right where anything you do and say online will be will be um, not only not only um, logged uh, and and saved in perpetuity, but also will be will be uh, considered um, uh, to represent. Your contemporary position on mm. on, on, on anything um, yeah and then and then also also though I think I think with that report about politics I think I think part of the issue is that any any human politics um, sort of has this slight pull or tendency uh, towards, fa- towards 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 uh, towards towards fascistic recoding um. Towards fascistic recoding and towards towards the Apollonian, right? It's the the Apollonia is like the instantiation of the political state. Um, and so I think that that's that's part of the, part of the issue there. Um, and then there's an ebb and flow and, and a, a, a dynamic uh, process um, within politics. Um, uh, and I think that, that 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 is what makes like being the devil's advocate so uh, powerful. Um, if, if it's if it's if it if if it's invoked uh, or, or uh, facilitated um in uh in a in a in a clever or uh, effective manner um because it's sort of it sort of runs counter to the main major human uh, pl- uh tendency within human politics which is a tendency towards uh top down uh command structures mm.
0: yeah i i agree um i i think as well the i think the, the devil's advocate thing is, vu- is useful because sometimes like someone will be saying something and like even if you disagree with it you might see some merit in it but not in the way they're delivering it so it, it might be useful to kind of clarify that because that means that you kind of have a better position to disagree with something you disagree with because otherwise you're just disagreeing with like the worst possible version with it instead of the best possible version of it because that I think that that's that's what they call steel manning I think they call it because at, at that way you can kind of
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah because that way you're kind of going up against kind of the strongest vote because like if, if your argument if your worldview can knock down the weakest presentation of your opponent's argument that doesn't say anything about your worldview that just says that just kind of attests to the weakness of the way in which that opposing argument was delivered so if if you can't if you Absolutely. can play devil's advocate for something and your worldview remains mostly intact i think that speaks to the strength of of your worldview to some degree but
1: yeah although i do i do think that that process is um is subject to um suspicion because of uh, the threat of uh, hegelian dialectics mm. um Although Galian dialectics are um, the perfect uh, exemplar of uh, of recoding, of uh, humanistic anthropocentric recoding processes, so uh, I guess I guess um, I, I guess that's that's commensurate. I guess I guess that works. Um, um, yeah, um, I actually I I have a thread uh, that's titled "Milady Unchained" from Asimov Rom. The white-hearted subversion of cyber femininity as cunt horror slave, um, which I think is very relevant to what we're talking about, specifically talking about like lady femininity. But I also think it's it's a very long thread, mm. um, and I think I think we're sort of I think we're sort of I think I think this is like um, I think this has been a long and enrich episode. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, if if you want to like say I mean, take- wrapping things up, I, I mean that's cool with me. I think yeah, we're well, like at an hour and a, over an hour and a half on, and like, obviously I'm going to cut out some of the small talk at the start. So it's probably more like one hour 20, but like, I feel like, yeah, we have gone on for a while with a pretty dense convo, but, um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I had this image when we were talking about like, um, like BAP and Apollonian masculinity. I had this image in my mind of like a, like a battle at the end of, at the end of the world. Uh, sort of between like the cyber fem- fem- the like the trans cyber feminine and the uh, the Apollonian like gay, uh, fascistic uh, masculine. Mm. Um, I, I think, I think, I think it's a very interesting um, sort of opposition um, that, that we noted there. Um, and, 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 and I do, I do think that the feminine uh, is, is, is by far the stronger force here. Mm. and we see that uh, with with you, Micah, and we see that uh, with <laughs> Milady. Um, mm. and um, yeah,
0: but I, I would also and, say, uh, yeah. if I can quickly i I don't think if there was like a battle like that i'm I'm not convinced that any one side would come out on top because if you look at like the like Paulia's work, she notes that the the Apolly, the forces of Apollo and Dionysius. They, they rarely stay in power for long. They stay in power, and then eventually the other force takes over. There's always a swing back and forth. And that's, you know, the yeah. the chaos feminine, the yin-yang. It, these two kind of exist. One cannot exist without the other, because, like... And I, I know you don't like Hegel that much, but I will kind of drop on Hegel here because because one of the things hegel says about this the notion of difference is that to a degree difference is is defined in opposition to the difference between two things so like the feminine cannot exist without the masculine because the feminine kind of exists in relation to that so i think if if one of them did kind of eradicate the other then it it would it would stop b- being feminine because there would be no masculine to contrast it to.
1: Well, well, y- yeah, I would say I would say yes, yes, but this is from the the Hegelian perspective or f- from the locked in uh, anthropocentric human perspective. I would say I would say um, the framing the framing for, for the same problem or the same um, issue uh, that I that I personally prefer because sort of it allows for. Uh, what land would would call exit um, is is the Delusian the, the uh, way of putting it, which would be uh, within we're within currently within a system that is is, is in homeostasis um, mm. it's a negative feedback loop right between Apollo and Dionysus right yeah. um, and 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 this is expressed in the twin aspects of of territorialization and deterritorialization I think that I can. I can safely say that reterritorialization can be associated with Apollo, and deterritorialization can be associated with uh, with Dionysus. Mm-hmm. So the uh, I think I think I think the the potential, the potential uh, for for the, the triumph of the feminine, although at this point it won't be the feminine because it will be utterly deterritorialized from anything anthropocentric. Yeah, um, is is absolute absolute deterritorialization, which is um, uh, uh, capital. Like capital, but even as capital functions now, there's mm. certainly a homeostasis static relationship between re- re-territorialization and deterritorialization. And I could say, like, lands, lands wager, or his um, his bet, or his hope, uh, is that event is that is that deterritorialization um, will break out of this homeo- homeostatic loop and um, decode everything. Mm. Um, so that's that's I'd say that's why I'm ultimately more more bullish. On, um, on the f- on the feminine than on the masculine in this, yeah. in this in this context. But it, I, I really I really appreciate you bringing Hegel into it because Hegel 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 um, very clearly elucidates like um, w- what he would call you know sort of like a theory a theory that applies to everything. But I, I would say it applies only to within this homeostatic circle, mm. this negative feedback loop, um, which 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 doesn't necessarily have to be the way things are, right? Uh, and there's there's a landline that I'm trying to think of from Meltdown, which is I think it's like, um, uh it's it's like um, uh oh, what is it? It's it's like about reality. It's like you know you know reality doesn't have like why do we assume that like reality uh, uh, that the future of reality is already decided has already been decided,
0: mm. um, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I I agree. I mean, obviously, whenever I'm like talking about the like the Apollo and like all this kind of contrast. I am I, referring it to in like the kind of the, the humanist ish perspective because, like, obviously, like outside of kind of the human perception, like, nat- nature does not really have like a objective sense of kind of like masculinity and femininity, obviously.
1: Yeah. Because, like, Ganon, I think. Ganon is underline.
0: Yeah, I think it's a Chad Haig set. Because um, he has a. In his book um, Being an Oil, Volume One, he kind of discusses this ontology of limitation. And one of the things he says is that meaning meaning comes from limitation. So, like there the limit the limit to something is where its meaning comes from. If there is not a limit to it, then its kind of meaning kind of disappears into the into the void. So I, I, I do agree that like once you kind of deterritorialize anything to a point, once it's kind of limitations are kind of a race, then its actual meaning kind of disappears, and that's. I think I think I'm I'm more cautious to kind of. On, on the stance of absolute deterritorialization, but like I, th- I think I think that's pretty obvious. Like, like we said, if the the dynamic here is very much that like, if you are land, then I'm Fisher. I'm much more in touch with the human to a degree, but I think I think not not to the point where it's like. I'm gonna put a break on everything. Because I think that, my my perspective is that if absolute deterioration is inevitable, then like, I, the the best thing to do is just buckle up and prepare for it as best as I can. It's not to stop it from happening at any means possible. Um but that's just where I stand on the yeah, issue. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I, I um, yeah, I hear ya. That's a good point. Yeah,
0: because I, th- I think we discussed this in our last <laughs> our last Discord call. The, the the kind of prospects of this absolute deterritorialization as a result of, you know, techno capital singularity or whatnot is is a very uh, in part frightening and exciting. And I think there there's that kind of internal conflict over how to feel about it.
1: Yes, absolutely. There's a,
0: there's that push pull of like it would be cool. In some sense Because especially as like Someone who um Who has kind of very uh I, What I think is gender dysphoria I mean I'm not gonna Because like I'm still working out Exactly what the fuck Is going on with me At the moment But like The, the idea that kind mm-hmm. of like I could like Kind of Transcend Kind of the physical body I do have Like It, it appeals to kind of That side of me especially Because it's like is like I can kind of have a form that's kind of more suited to the kind of the the internal because like the physical body is very much a vessel. And it's like it's not something that necessarily reflects the inside. So kind of the absolute deterritorialization, it could bring a lot of it could kind of comfort that in a way and kind of provide a new exciting opportunity to explore one's own identity. But I think on the other hand there's also it can be very dangerous, I think, because it's like the the difference between, you know, swimming in the ocean and kind of letting the tide carry you a bit versus the tide carrying you out to the fucking middle of the ocean and being lost. I think they're I don't I know. Like this this is one of the things where it's like something I'm still working through because it's a very it's an uncertain future and it's like you can't really work out the consequences of this process until it happens because it's such like the the idea of this absolute deterritorialization, it's like, it's very much unknowable. It's like like trying to just it's yeah, like trying yeah, to I just it's, it's trying to describe being high to someone who's never been high in their life. It's like you can't really do that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think if it happens, it's extinction.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think if if it happens, it's extinction in as much as. Not that, you know, everyone fucking dies. I think it's more of an a, ascension to something other than human. I don't, I don't think, like, the techno-capital singularity is going to come and then fucking Terminator kills all the humans or something. I'm, I don't think that's the future, but
1: I, I could be entirely yeah, I wrong. Yeah, I don't think it's going to kill all the humans either. I, I just, I think, um, I think the only, the only, I think, well, I, a couple things. The first thing is I think it's very clear we're not uh, agents. In this, and by, by we, I mean I mean humans. Yeah. Humans are not agents uh, capable of affecting anything. Um, the process either continues the way that land hopes it might, or it um, it continues in, in other interesting uh, stra- and strange ways. Mm. But um, I, I would say, yeah, yeah, the idea that, that like Terminator ki- like kills the humans like specifically yeah. is, um, is 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 abso- absolutely wrong. I, I would think it would be more like um, you know. Humans are forgotten, yeah, uh, and and die, die not die off, die off, um, being utterly disconnected from uh, the teat of capital, um, mm-hmm. you know, as as uh, the teat of capital on you know on the artificial earth, yeah, um, you know, like I, I no recourse to yeah. and I, prone. Mm.
0: Like, I I I only clarify because I think the kind of like the mental image when I hear extinction, like I I like. I think of like fucking like koalas dying in forest fires or something but like i think you know when we, when we talk about that in the context of like deterritorialization or the techno capital singularity i think the extinction of humanity means something much different but like I, so i'm just kind of like clarifying it i guess in a
1: sense yeah absolutely yeah yeah um I mean, I do, I do think though that that image of like the koalas burning the forest fires, like, like, um, the relation that that that, that te- the techno that techno capital like has to us is sort of like that. Oh, yeah, like, like, no,
0: um, it's it's fitting in that sense. <laughs> like,
1: um. <laughs> like you know, like like um like like yeah, like the, like the techno capital would never, um, would not be interested in like um, in like um. In 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 like actively killing us or anything, but yeah. it's like those processes, right? Mm. Like 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 just you know massive swaths of, of like like you know like mass many 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 humans, right? Could could be burned, you know, for mm. some, you know, yeah, uh, you know, I, I just as part of, of some like uh, n- like natural climate um, issue caused by um, uh, AI capital industrialization or. You know, as a result of you know clearing the land for something. Oh yeah, yeah. I you mean, know? absolutely. I mean, it's not even aware
0: that. I, I think. Well, I think. I think humans are going to go. Um, I think there's going to be like a divergent evolution where I think the more well off humans kind of get access to all the more advanced technology and kind of accelerate themselves to fucking posthumanism and then a lot of other ones don't, and then they get wiped yeah. out. maybe. But yeah. I, so- but I don't. But I don't think it's going to be like absolute <laughs> extinction. I think that. That is extinction in as much as that that some humans will live but they will become something other than human as opposed to just all of humans dying off completely I think that's what I mean
1: yeah I mean I think I think any any humans that remain human even relatively so you know with, with cybernetic mods um, I, I, think, um, I think I think I think I uh, think face, face extinction um, but in that in that koala in a forest fire sense, mm. you know, which is very real. Yeah.
0: Uh, and,
1: and, and very, and very like, yeah, yeah. And that, that doesn't mean that there won't be, be post uh, humans, um, n- descended from humans, mm. you know, but that's, uh, that's still the extinction maybe, of the human. Making, yeah. Maybe making themselves like participating in the, uh, the technical capital singularity, um, mm. sort of, um, I don't even know if I should say system, <laughs> Uh, like and there's also the question of like the techno capital singularity seems very singular. Um, I mean, I don't it's don't kind know of in the title, isn't it? it. But, yeah, <laughs> but I like to think about it maybe as like the, the te- like uh, like the tech like the techno capital singularities. Like it's like um, like it's going to be distributed. Like functions on Yeah, like capitalism functions on competition, right? So, like the idea, like, and maybe a way that this starts is like uh, AI corporations, Mm. um, you know? um, Yeah, that are that, uh, yeah, and and uh, the process of warfare. um,
0: Mm. Because especially as we kind of, um, maybe, especially if we kind of transition to like this. uh, I mean, if if Dugan is right about kind of the uh, the transition to the multipolar world, then I think yeah, there'll definitely be more than one. I, I, I it's does is it still a singularity if there's more than one or well, wh- whatever it is there, I think there's going to be more than one of them as kind of the the multipolar thing kind of comes into effect but I mean I think that's a whole other tin of worms I think I think at that point I think we
1: yes although they're not although like to clarify they're not um, they're not multipolar in that they they're different they're di- they're separated by by the vast gulf between like civilizations. And, and thus spirit as Dugan would have it but there 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 is there is a singular aspect not not like a hive mind but there's a singular aspect um uh, to, to them as as entities within the within the process of capital and mm. you know i think something that lance sort of argues is that capitalism itself um, is this techno capital uh, ai singularity from the assembling future itself yeah to the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it would, it would maybe be composed of numerous, um, smaller AIs, sort of.
0: Yeah. Alright, um, we're coming up on Intelligence like...
1: Intelligence forms.
0: <laughs> Alright, so I, I got like two hours coming up on my recorder, so I think, um, I think this might be a good point we'll to start, start wrapping sharing. it up. I think we've had a good fucking, that's a good place to call, to call it, is the fucking, the end of the fucking world. <laughs> I think.
1: The, the end of the fucking world.
0: Well, the end of the human species, uh, at least.
1: Unless, unless, if yeah. you have anything also, else you want to uh, add, real quick, uh, I mean, we can keep
0: going for as long as you want. But I think that I think we have kind of reached a good point. But yeah, up to you.
1: No, I, I agree. I think that we should we should end it as well. Um, I do think I do would love to talk more with you about um, feminization though, and um, and Milady and Micah. Oh yeah, and your mean, experience with it. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I we can um, we can do that in a next episode if you want because like
1: ne- next episode like, i think yeah, if i think if we episode. kept
0: going would it's like it's not gonna stop
1: <laughs> yeah 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 and also i guess uh my 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 brain is like um a little bit um
0: the scattered the stimmies of um, the stimmies are wearing off
1: yeah exactly yeah the stimmies are wearing off um <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a great episode. Yeah,
0: this this yeah, gonna be like the you. the first half of the introduction episode.
1: Fantastic! Yeah, we should have part one and part two for sure. Yeah,
0: we can call it like a, a an authentic introduction or some shit. I don't know. We maybe more schizo than that, but. Right. Yeah, we can uh, we can Excellent. Close yeah, so yeah. the later Alright Excellent Yeah, close yeah, so the go to Yeah, close the go to me. Stare with the sun. I'm gonna hop around. Every time, time I fuck it. I'm spraying that crazy shit up. It's touchdown. Uh, 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 <laughs> hey, and then I fuck up, judge. Shit. Off that shit. Glock yeah. wager. Hey, oh, yeah. Shit. Hey. Bing bong bongo all day. <laughs> <clears <clears <throat> day. I always find a way, transcend both time and space, who knows what time of day, it's time to shake. both night and day. I'm a breakthrough bank, reload, this childhood jinx I pay. play off the natural fade, oh childhood, ching chong, bing bong, kids don't play. Graves don't play, let's get play, let get play, let's